afternoon and welcome to Open Air and good afternoon, Ashwini. Hey, Michael. Hi, Ashwini. I have announcements here. Wonderful. All right. We are conditioned to identify with a sense of personal existence rather than with the changeless state of pure awareness. Join Sangha for another powerful year of practice, transforming our identification from what we are not to that thou art. The year-long retreat begins with an email class starting February 14th and including four Sunday workshops. And registration closes this Friday. And I'll repeat that last sentence. Registration closes this Friday. So now's the time to sign up. And a few reminders for today's show. If you'd like to talk with Ashwini today, you can make a show and get in the queue by pressing star six and then one. And a conversation on one topic, please. And about five minutes is great. Okay, Ashwini, are you ready? I am ready, Michael. Um, okay. I, I was just getting some text to indicate I sound far away, so if I, I do, uh, please let me know. Okay, yeah, you sound better now. That's good. First caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hello, this is Pasha from San Francisco. Hi, Pasha. Hey, Pasha. Hey, I'm so happy to be connecting and to be first in line. So exciting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm so excited for a New Year retreat. Uh, and I just uh, signed up uh, because last time I heard about it, I forgot to sign up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how uh, ego stops us from doing the things we love, right? That support us. Yeah, it's uh, it kind of goes unnoticed uh, through the distractions. As I had my registration page open, but then something else came up on the phone, get distracted, and totally lost uh, what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we see our whole lives in that, right, Sasha? I mean, that's exactly what happens. The attention wanders, and attention wanders to distraction, and we cease to be here for the things that we, we really need to attend to and which take care of us. Yeah, yeah, that's why it's so helpful uh, and so important to have multiple reminders to come back mm-hmm. uh, where, where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. To support us, to surround ourselves with the structures that bring us back to here. And as uh, Michael keeps reminding us, there's such a plethora of practice opportunities that do that. Yes, yes. And I want to make myself available to all of them and participate. Uh, doesn't matter if I fail. In quotes, um, my intention is to participate 100% with everything I've got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the fail has to be within quotes, right, Pasha? Because 
who's making that judgment. Yes, the ego tries to uh, make the judgment just to make me not to participate. Uh, and the story is, um, you know, like, why would I want to participate if I fail? Or I want to be participating only in the um, commitments that I'm going to be successful. But mm-hmm. I want to question, you know, how do I know if I'm going to be successful? This is what I want to yes. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, and that, that point that you're making is so important, right, Pasha, because the story is that participation is, uh, is for an outcome. You're either going to be, you're doing this, and you're going to get something out of it, and if you are not going to get something out of it, why, why do it, right? And so, and or, only do the things that you, you can succeed in, which is, which is also not uh, what, what which is also kind of absurd because if if you sign up for a commitment, whatever commitment you're going to sign up for, conditioning is going to set you up for failure. So you'll eventually be you'll eventually be talked out of any commitment, even those within quotes that you could be successful in, because that's the way conditioning works. It's it's basically aiming for you to quit participation. And so to just catch on to any story that conditioned mind says is not a story that you want to believe in. We have to recognize that attention is on the process of conditioned mind and our entire practice success goes with not attending to it and being engaged in any process that assists us not to engage with it. And sometimes even if we sign up for a structure and we don't participate uh, because we've been talked out of it, I'm still in the process of waking up and ending suffering. And that's really the only point uh, that matters. Yes, yes. It's a, um, yeah, I'm here to make only first step, and I don't know what happens in the future. And it's ridiculous uh, when participation um, you know, versus outcome. I'm signing up to participate. You know, why is it I'm uh, going into a story about the outcome, right? So okay. I, I might participate, <laughs> and who knows what's the outcome going to be. My goal is to participate. That's right. Exactly. Absolutely right. And when you sign up for something, it's exactly as you said. I'm signing up for a process here, and part of the process will be the times that I'm present, I'm here and I'm enjoying it. The times I'm get, getting talked out of being present, I'll always learn something. But I'm within the process yes. context of what I, what I choose for my heart, which is to participate in my life as fully as I can participate. And I know that the structure that I need to be part of in order to make that happen is a practice structure. Yes, yes. And I'm very grateful uh, for all its offerings. And also... Um, what I see is a um, process of uh, disidentification. And I can almost feel it in my body. When I disidentify, I, I get into the space of freedom. There is, um, uh, I, I start to see how identification is um, grasping and 
clinging me to something, to even like thinking. And this identification oh, is such a freedom that mind get lost in <laughs> in a space with nothing to cling on. Mm-hmm. So there is a, a what, what we call a, a felt sense of the dis- difference between being identified and being disidentified, right? One is an easeful, easeful place, a relaxed place, a uh, letting go place, whereas the other one is a very, very tense place, it sounds like, right? An efforting place, a place where you, there's a clinging, there's an attachment to something. Yes. And, and that place of disidentification, uh, conditioning wants to label as unsafe because um, because it, it loses the control. And when I lose the control, uh, I, I am unsafe. And that... Um, and that's what I want to question. You know, am I unsafe right. or am I free like, um, like a cloud in the sky, like a bird? I don't need to yeah. cling anything. I'm, I'm in the flight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that is uh, such an interesting exploration, right, Pasha, because what I heard you say is uh, the conditioned label for that place of disidentification is unsafe. And two things about that. One is you're told it's not safe, and if you believe the voice of uh, and, and believe the lack of safety, you think that you're not safe, and we buy into the fact that it's only when we think, when we cling, when we reference conditioned mind that we're truly safe. But really the message that is being said is actually a projection of ego, right? For, for ego... Yeah that place of presence is very unsafe because it, too, it doesn't exist. And so from a disidentified place, we can, we can actually see that ego does feel unsafe in those places, but it's the place where we're free from ego. Yes. So I want to question And therefore more. that is the safest place, right? It's, it is a, hmm. it's, an interesting, it's an interesting place because safety is... is um, uh, it's such a conditioned notion. Do you need to be safe if you're present? If you're, if you're life and all of life and you're present in the moment and you're all that is, there's nothing in the world that can harm you. <laughs> so is safety even a question? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, there, there is a belief underneath that that uh, safety is provided by conditioned mind. And what I see, uh, life provides safety. Life is... Mm-hmm free of fear and underneath that uh, safety talk is the fear the fear Mm -hmm. that something gonna happen if I'm not in control and more places I want to see where where is it believe anchored and and just to experiment just drop that anchor and see how I float in the safety of life Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, that we actually, so, so once we catch on to that process that the conversation of safety is around fear, then, and we keep, we know we say ego is fear because ego is the identification from being separate from life. And if you're separate from anything, you know, all that is, then you do feel disconnected from it. There is a sense of, within quotes, insecurity. 
But then when, when, we, mm. when we step out of that process, uh, and the way you're talking about it, right, I've seen that process in this place, and, and I know what the feeling of disidentification is. So now I've become curious about, uh, about examining the, the notion of safety, the need for safety, the conversation around fear in all of these various places, because if, if I can go to my experience of presence, there is no question of fear or safety because nothing is going to happen outside of life. If I'm identified with life, how is there anything outside of life that something is going to happen to, right? Yes, the, the fear is replaced by uh, a sense of uh, trust and faith that life is inherently safe and friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and, is the first sense of it. Yeah. Yes, and that's a growing sense, you know, because that's all my life experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So thank yeah, you so much. As we keep practicing it, as we pre- keep practicing it, that's our growing sense, that, it, that sense of uh, insecurity being replaced by faith. Yes. Thank you. Thanks, Pasha. Thanks for joining us, Pasha. Ashwini, two things dropped in for me around that. One is the idea of participating without being attached to the outcome. And uh, I just find that so valuable because who knows what the outcome is going to be? You know, I put my whole effort into something and it may not turn out, you know, anything like I hoped or expected. So I can feel good about the participation without worrying about the outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and as we go down that path, right, Michael, we notice that hope and expectation are also mental, <laughs> right? Yeah. Where's hope and expectation if you're present? Yes, 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 exactly. Yeah. And the second piece, that discussion about safety is just fascinating um, to see, you know, what is safety and what does it mean? And, um, you know, with ego around, I feel very unsafe all the time. So, yeah, yeah, and that's a very much of a practitioner's perspective, right? That that uh, we 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 recognize how untrustworthy the ego is, and so to 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 come to that with a sense of uh, paying attention of the mm-hmm. worthy opponent. Yes, yes, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. And we have another caller here. And, and, and Michael, before you bring in on that, the next caller, just a comment on what you said, because it's really important to recognize that life's not afraid of ego. You know, it's, that, it's the quote about only Satan has a problem with God. God has no problem with Satan. Mm. Yes. Right? So it is a fascinating place to explore. Yes. Because... Ego can't do anything to anybody, to either the human being or to light at one level, right? Mm-hmm. We trust, we, we, we grow in that confidence when we, when we have those experiences that, yeah, it's, it's horrible what ego can do, but in one sense, ego versus life can't do anything to life. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's just a conversation in the mind. It can't actually mm-hmm. do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that quote from Sherry that 
I don't want to tiptoe through life only to arrive safely mm-hmm. at death. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Okay, let's go to our next caller. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hello, Ashwini. Hello, Michael. It's Ramita in South Carolina. Hi, Ramita. Hey, Ramita. Hello. I would love to talk a little bit about uh, writing as spiritual practice. Um, I've long, I've always enjoyed writing, but it's never been a discipline. It's been something I sort of dabbled in here and there and find pleasure and then uh, I guess I get talked out of doing it for long stretches of time. And recently, I guess the last several months, um, I've been more consistent in writing a short love letter at night and um, really enjoying that process of sort of being surprised at um, what what gets written and um, wonder, you know, if you've got guidance or I, I do record them and then I listen to them, uh, the letters as well, but I, I, I'd like to know, you know, if you've got more guidance in, um, you know, deepening this practice and, and uh, moving beyond the love letter. Aha. Uh-huh. You, you know, Romita, so the question about, so, so you've loved writing. You are, you are in the discipline of a frequent writing uh, process to writing the love letter. It's very enjoyable. And so then the question comes up, how can I deepen this practice? And for me, the, that's the interesting place. Where's that coming from? Mm. What is prompting mm-hmm. the question? Here you are. You, you love writing. You're enjoying the process of it. You're delighted by what shows up. And you've been consistently doing it. <laughs> well, you know, the, uh, the earlier conversation about participating and letting go of the outcome uh, sort of was resonating. And I may be caught in that sort of, um, you know, attachment to an outcome, looking for some other outcomes than what I've got. And who but ego would be wanting to do that? Yes, if nothing else, it's an interesting, it's always, that is the process that we're engaged in, that process of curiosity, right? Because writing become, writing as spiritual practice is an abstraction. The question around it is an abstraction too, but your experience mm-hmm. is not. Hmm. Yes. So, because that engagement, yeah, and, that, that, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I was, I was sort of trying on the words of, you know, the, the question is an abstraction. They say more. Well, simply that if you ask, so I want to deepen my writing practice. Well, uh, so I, I guess what I was pointing at is, you are in direct connection with the intelligence that animates as you write the love letter. And so there is a way in which that process could tell you anything you want to know about how to be in much more intimacy with it. Yes, yes, I see what you, yes. 
Yes, and I've had moments like that. The the the, <clears throat> the quality of being surprised by um, mm-hmm. what conscious compassion awareness has to say, and that the process seems to open up an avenue that um, I don't easily access with other activities or other practices. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's that, a very deep inquiry, right? Hmm. It it's a deep inquiry and it's tapping into what any spiritual practice is about, which is the intimacy with who and what is anim, is the animating life force. And so what we tend to do or what conditioning tends to do is, okay, I'm having this interesting experience. Now let me get out of that experience and have a conversation about how to broaden the experience, widen the experience, get more out of the experience. <laughs> Right? It's this, uh-huh. it's a, it goes to, a, to that intellectualizing or uh, uh, it, it becomes a mental activity. Right. An inquiry right. I, that is an abstraction, right? So you and I have a conversation about, okay, let's work out how to deepen your practice around writing. But if we, we, we go, where, where's that coming from? And if my practice Deepening my practice is deepening my intimacy with the intelligence that animates, and that question would be within the process of your inquiry, not outside of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, and, and as you're um, pointing that out, I'm recognizing other um, abstractions that egos wanted to apply to the process, you know, like set a certain time, certain length of time, work constructs around it under the um, heading of deepening it or basically, mm-hmm. I guess, stiltifying it, <laughs> take, taking it over from conscious compassion mm-hmm. awareness. Yeah, because, hmm. I mean, and, and of course, you, you know, let me tell you, I mean, if we're, we're training with it, there's a completely different um, inquiry about it, we could say, right? So if you, if you were asking the question, well, I want to write a love letter, but I, I seem to get talked out of it every now and then, how do I train with that? That's a very different answer, right? Because there would be ways in which this practice, you would have tools and structures and accountability constructs and commitments and uh, all of that that you would set up for yourself in order to transcend the process of resistance or procrastination, or uh, whatever it is that talks you out of engaging. And so it's interesting, this is not that conversation. You are actually able to sit down and write this love letter every day, and you're enjoying it, and you're delighted by it, and it's deepening your intimacy. So yeah, that, that notion of uh, how do I deepen the intimacy, how do I, how do I, uh, do this more or whatever, it's always just interesting to question where that process is coming from. And if that's sort of a life question, go back to the place where you're in intimacy with, with where the question's coming from and ask that, and it'll tell you freely. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, it's um, yeah, conditioning found a back door there. And, uh, I can use this exact process that I'm in to turn the tables and look at that question and look at where that question is coming from. 
Yeah, yeah. And we just needed to, to do that pivot, right? Because mm-hmm. the, the, the love that we feel for the connection that we experience in the process of writing that love letter is the love that deepens. But the deepening of that love comes from paying attention to the, the source of it. And it feeds uh-huh. on itself. It's not an ab- it, You can't experience it without actually being in it or being it. And so we do want to pay attention to what takes us out of that. And as you say, right, stultifies it or abstracts it or make it, makes it mental rather than experiential. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which oh, we're very conditioned very. to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I've, I've worked a lot with how conditioning um, gets a hold of my practice of all sorts, you know, uh, mm-hmm working with sitting consistently and recording and listening consistently and doing other mm-hmm. practice commitments consistently, getting the looking at resistance and finding ways beyond it, just like we've been mm-hmm. talking about with the love letter. It's just now this is a relatively new practice, and I guess because my heart is so much into it, of course mm-hmm. conditioning is going to want to take that over and uh, um, yeah. do whatever it can to shift me out of this place of intimacy with uh, mm-hmm. that which animates. Yeah. Right. And it reminds me of the Rumi poem about two kinds of intelligences, right? There is the book knowledge, and then there is that turning to that place that you're turning to in the love letter. And so to just recognize that, wow, that's, that's where the, the juice is. That's where I want to continue to attend. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ashwini. Thanks, Ramita. Good night. Thanks for joining us, Ramita. And Ashwini, we're going to go to Good News Update, and then we'll come back and talk with more callers. Wonderful. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Ashwini. Okay, Jen, I'm turning it over to you for Good News Update. Excellent. Thank you, Michael. And welcome to Good News Updates with Living Compassion. I'm pleased to be joined this afternoon by Jill, who is here to speak with us about her experience of participating in year-long retreats. Welcome, Jill. Thanks, Jen. So, as Michael pointed out, it's very timely, given we have just a few more days to sign up, and we had the fabulous kickoff, what was that, a couple of Sundays ago, to begin our exploration. So we thought it would be fun to hear directly from someone who is a veteran of the year-long retreat about your experience. I am. I'm such, I was thinking about that. I'm such a veteran. I mean, I I'm trying to remember the first one, but um, yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. done it. I've done it. I've done a number of them. Um, yeah. I mean, I remember, you know, when you say that, Jill, it takes me back to, the first time we did it, again, I'm with you. I don't remember when it was or even what what it was. But I do remember it was revolutionary, right, this idea of a meeting every single day, um, every day as Sangha. And at the end of it, looking and seeing, okay, well, that was fun. What do you think? Should we do it again? And the sense of <laughs> no. there's going to be an absolute 
riot if we don't do it again. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to have to. <laughs> yeah, and I have to say, I you know, the first, when I, and thank you for asking me to come on this, it, I love this topic, and um, it, it's, it's so close to my heart, to my practice. I, I, it has completely transformed um, everything mm-hmm. about me, I think. And, and, um, and I was, you know, the first thing that dropped in was, you know, the first time this was presented to me as, mm-hmm. uh, to, to sign up for something like this. And, um, you know, I'm on the East Coast, and so the timing, you know, and I, I'm a nine-to-fiver, and so I'm like, oh, my goodness, mm-hmm. like 12 to 12.30, Monday to Friday, every day or, or every week, you know. So, yeah. you know, to yeah. me it felt like this crazy commitment. And um, right. I just really remember, you know, I'm in my office that first day, and I'm, you know, the time is coming up, and I, you know, I had to, I just had to take the space for it, and it was so yeah. easy to do. I mean, I uh-huh. was, there was so much buildup about, like, how am I going to fit this into my life? And it was it just, it, just, it just was so natural, and it just worked. It just uh-huh. worked for years. Oh, I love just, it work yeah and you know that image I can't believe it oh sorry no go go I just we can all just go right there at least I can there you are you're a nine-to-fiver you know that was way back when we used to actually go to work right go to physical places (laughs) where we were together so there you are you're in your office and I mean this is work exactly they're spying on you the whole thing and practice Practice is not work. That's something completely different. Yeah. And no one yeah. at work knows about practice, and practice yeah. has nothing to do with work, you know, yeah. all those things. And along comes 12 o'clock on the East Coast, and this sense of like, oh, God, here we go. And then to find mm-hmm. out it's completely doable and has transformed doable. everything about your life. And no wonder. I, yeah. Yeah, I mean that that and then the Q practice. I mean there are there's the retreat and then there's all this other stuff around the retreat that um, it's. I think that's why it's so transformative because I and then as you said like you like I got so much out of it that when it ended you're just like oh no it's over and then just sort of like you know pounding our sticks on the ground like please do another one next year and um and just how you know everyone involved in it has put them together and this last one was just completely unbelievable i mean i i you know it just blew my mind however that works in practice language but <laughs> yeah. um yeah it's just extraordinary extraordinary yeah well, that's such a great point, Jill. It's so many retreats within a retreat within a retreat. So, right? So there's whatever the topics are that we're we're exploring, and I'm I'm with you. Last week, last year was unbelievable, and I mean, given the kickoff that we just had a couple of Sundays ago, with it, right? And the, the the sort of teaser emails that are coming out to in term around the signing up. I just wow, it's already so transformative. So there's that piece of it, you know, what we're exploring every day. And then there's all the things around it, right, that suddenly practice and the whole rest of my life are not two different things. Those things start to come together, and you hear people every single day on the phone, you hear sangha, where 
practice begins to be the foundation of yeah. everything we are, everything, how we approach everything. Yeah. 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 That's what happened to me. And it really, and yeah, I mean, I, it's just so, so interesting when like it was, it was such a seminal moment when I made that, when I crossed the Rubicon River, you know, just, just to, um, to take the space at work to be like, no practice belongs here too. And, um, and uh, it's just, I'm no looking back. It's just amazing. Yeah. You know, and one of the things that I, well, the content thing I always marvel about is the few handful of times when I wasn't able to listen to the show live. And later in the day, I would go to look at the link. Whoever's back there behind the scenes right making there. that link available must be ready with the oh publish button. <laughs> right? The minute the Thank show Thank you ends. to that person or people. I mean, I agree. Yeah. Same. Same. I would I would have missed it, and then um, just this like, oh my goodness, I want to hear this. I want, I, you know, I, it's it's so connecting. It's it's just talk about like this, you know, this magic um, thing that just drops the veil, and um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's really powerful, really powerful. Yeah, it really is. And I was thinking about it in the discussion earlier. I guess it was with Pasha, but you know, around. Um, how there's the retreat, as you, you know, the theme, whatever the retreat is, then there's the, wow, suddenly practice is available every single day, and then there's the everything conditioned mind will do around it. Talk me out of it, you know, I, I don't want to do it that day, or I'm too busy, or whatever. And we get to see so much about that, too, and as we were just talking about, you know, so we hear sometimes where people will be uh, out, out of the country, for a period of time, and they really can't be on the calls for that period of time. No problem, right? The recordings are there. They come back. They pick up right wherever we are. There's no being left behind. There's no being left out. So that's another thing that I just love about it is that wherever we are and practicing with it, we can pick up right now with today's assignment. It's mm-hmm. always possible. Yeah. Yeah, and if, um, I, I don't know if this is available for this retreat, but in past, um, you know, if you didn't, if you got talked out of signing up and you wanted to do it later in the year or something, there's some way to just write in and say, listen, I want to hop on. Um, yeah, no one gets left behind. It's, it's, um, it's yeah, the recordings, I, I agree. I would just, I would just be like, oh, I hope that it's there because I have time right now <laughs> to listen to it and, um, the recording and it always is. Yeah. 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 It really is. And then the last piece you pointed out was the cue practice. You know, really participating in that way of putting yourself in the queue. Because that's a gift to everyone, right? To get to hear from so many different angles of how people practice with the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. Uh, yeah, I mean, it took me a, a long, not a long time, but a good number of years, I think, to even put myself in the queue for the radio show. I think that was kind of the first sort of um, offering where there was this queue idea and that you had to kind of hang out there. Um, but, you know, I'm, um, yeah, I mean, when you, like anything, if you do it a lot, you see a lot. And also, it just, there's this, um, it just becomes a practice. Um, yeah, and um, it's really a beautiful part of it as well. 
And then you get to talk to yeah. everybody and Sherry and you sometimes and Don. <laughs> I mean, talk about like the, yeah, it's amazing. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And you know, that process that you just laid out of, you know, so at first I'm completely intimidated, you know, whatever goes on for me around not putting myself in the queue. And then slowly I start to, and then over time it just becomes part of what I do. And that's a whole area of life where I'm now free. I didn't used to be free, right? And that ripples out into every area of my life. Absolutely. I'm just laughing because I remember what it used to be like is that I would have something that I to say that I wanted to say and then I would uh-huh. say it and then I really there was I, I was kind of done. I was about as like as much as I could do. as far as an exchange with like someone would say something to me and I would say it back, like that part of it did not seem available to me. It was like I'm saying the thing I want to say and then, you know, I, I can't. And then and I have to hang up now because that's all I have to say. <laughs> Exactly. And just how all of that is, I mean, yeah, it's, it's um, amazing. It's just, and I mean, and we're just talking about this one, just this, just what comes from participating in it and then the content of the retreats and, um, and the, the weekly practice and the, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It it has you know um, poked so many holes in conditioning um, that it just it it, it has a hard time uh, surviving. Um, and yeah. I'm just so 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 grateful um, yeah. that, that for it. Just yeah, me too, Jill. And so grateful for you being here with us today to talk about it. Thank you for that. Yeah, a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Thanks, Michael. Sure. Take good care. You too. And Michael, we'll turn it back over to you and Ashwani. Wonderful. Thank you, Jen, and thank you, Jill. And welcome back to Open Air. And Thanks, Ashwani. Michael. Sure. And um, two things I loved about that. The first one about, you know, how am I going to make this commitment work? How am I going to fit it into my schedule? And uh, I've gone through that, and I've learned that it does work. I love practice. It's always gonna, um, it's always gonna work out. And so I just sign up, and um, I've lost the worry about it. Mm. Well, and and I think you're pointing to something so very material to this practice, right, Michael? Which is the focus of conditioned mind is what's wrong and how it's not going to work. The life focus is how do I make it work. Right. Yeah. yeah, there are all of these. I mean, it's, I think the training that I've benefited most from in, in, in working with this practice and working with the guide is it's not about everybody can talk about the 15 ways it doesn't work. Let's focus on how it does work and make it happen. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Let's, let's focus on, yeah, how it's going to work and make that happen. Yeah. And not as a pressure, but just simply as an attitude of mind. Yes. 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 Because the, on the days where I'm, I'm in a diff, 13 and a half hours away or technology doesn't work or whatever it is, I might not be able to listen to it. But that doesn't mean that my intention, every, the intention that I come to uh, practice with is participation, not outcome, as we were talking to Pacha about. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Yes. Great, and we have another caller here. 
Next caller. Oh. Now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Oh, hi there. This is Bree in San Francisco. Hi, Bree. Hi, Bree. Hi. Hey. Uh, so a phrase that has been around a long time, what we are seeking is seeking us. And it struck me when it came back to me to actually bring it up to talk about and ask you, what actually does that mean? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and <laughs> Bri, I'm, I'm sure you know what I'm going to ask you, which is, as you look at <laughs> yes. it, what drops yeah. in for you? Either around what, mm-hmm. how it dropped in to ask about, right? I mean, there's a certain reason it arose for you right now, and, and definitely what you've seen about it. Well, I appreciate you saying that because it, it struck me that, I mean, I've been aware of that phrase for many, many years. It's come to me, come to mind over time, several times. This is the first time I thought, what does that actually mean in this practice? Uh-huh. So my first mm-hmm. thought, whatever mine thought it was, well, I'm going to ask Sherry and Ashwini because they're going to mm-hmm. have the answer. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I said that a little tongue-in-cheek. They're going to have the answer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. certainly, yeah. certainly you, I guess, maybe, maybe not totally tongue-in-cheek because I'm thinking within the context of this practice, which I've been involved in for decades and is a, such a constant in my life, yeah, I guess I am coming to, quote, the practice to see what does that mean? So I'm looking for something. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's an interesting process in itself, yeah. right, Bree? Because yeah, for sure. the, there's, a, there's a way in which um, you're paying attention there's a phrase that has been part of uh, this practice. I mean, we have a lot of adages, right? Quality of your life, right. focus of your attention. Uh, it's not what but how. What you have is you know, what you get, or what you practice is what you have. I mean, there's just a dozen things we say, and they're all uh, you know, fingers pointing to the moon. And so we practice with it and we practice with it and we practice with it until it becomes our experience, until it reveals itself to us. Okay. Uh-huh. Right? Yes, yes. And so uh-huh. it arises for you that this is the place of inquiry. And so you're going to look for it. <laughs> uh-huh. Right? I like that. You're going to look yes. for it. And you, oh, you're looking nice. for guidance, right? Let me, let me seek it from the practice. Right. And in some interesting way, it answers your question. <clears throat> that I'm seeking the guidance? Well, you're seeking Answers whatever is gui- guiding you, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. In other words, the process we're in is the answer. It's the lovely rookie oh, right? Okay. The pro- what did you say after the process we're in is the answer, which definitely resonated on some part of me. Yes, exactly. So I won't say any more because it resonated. <laughs> it gave you the answer uh-huh. without me having to say the to explain it, right? <laughs> that right now we're in a yeah. conversation about guidance so you were guided 
because this arose in your con- in conscious awareness. You were guided to call the show. You were guided to have this conversation mm. with the practice. And what yeah. is what is seeking is what is being sought, <laughs> right? You're in the process. Uh-huh. Uh, it, yes, and it now strikes me that that's all that just covers everything. Like that that particular phrase, what we are seeking is seeking us is really the whole practice. Any pl- any mm-hmm. point or place we come to with it. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's yeah, and we can answer like, we can answer that question at uh, at an abstract level, right? Uh-huh. I mean, uh, we we say it in the daily recollection: is the joy of intelligence knowing itself, pure undisturbed mm. consciousness slipping into all consciousness, and those are all simply the same as what you're seeking is causing you to seek, or you're being sought, mm-hmm. or any of those handles we use for the magic of the process that we're engaged in. So well, without you having a direct experience of it, it's really immaterial what we call it, right? Or right. Or understanding of it, yeah. Well, when you said that, what, what I see is, but what I, I don't want it to be an intellectual phrase or just a phrase. I mean, it clearly has a nice resonance. It, it does reverberate in me and my body on some level, but I'm wanting more. I'm wanting, mm-hmm. I'm wanting to embody it. That's the word I'm looking for. And right now I don't feel I really do, but so it came out in the form of, you know, inquiry out loud here. Mm-hmm. So you and the group, Sangha. That's right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so, because you're asking the practice, uh, this practice never gives any answers to questions, right? (laughs) Right. You know that, Brie. So there's there's always a suggestion of where to look. And and so, there's always a... When you ask a question, what is always... Mm. The answer is, where do you look next? Yeah. Right? Because... Because it's the same conversation we were having with the previous caller. When we, the, mm-hmm. the question is an intellectual one. And so first, the first place we yes. want to notice is it's coming, out, coming from a place of I want to know, and I want to know from that place of figuring it out. And I have to get past that place of figuring it out yes. for, the, for, that, for the, the answer to be at the level that is not conditioned mind or conditioned or figuring it out. Right? So the, the, the first yeah. reflection in, in, to, in response to a question is always, where's the question coming from? So that we drop out of yes. that place, and then now we're open for an exploration. And, and, for, and to me, the, 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 wonderful, uh, the wonderful thing is, is, is the direction that it arose for you was to engage with the practice. It wasn't, okay, let me, let me go read a bunch of books and answer the question. It is, this is my spiritual practice. Let me actually engage with the practice to see right. where I could get guidance. And that guidance is what's guiding you, right, to seek it in mm-hmm. the right places. Mm-hmm. And in some senses, oh. that guidance is what is seeking and what is seeking you or what is seeking that revelation, and so here's the, the, the other thing you said is, I don't want to be, 
I don't want to have an intellectual understanding of it. I want it to embody it. And so one of the ways in which you could deepen that inquiry is to pick up the recorder and talk about that. Because if what is seeking you, if what what you are seeking is seeking you, it's going to tell you the answer. (laughs) So you need to engage Uh in a process of being engaged with it. And one of the ways in which you can do that is to pick up the recorder and have a conversation with life, with the mentor, an exploration, and then come back and tell us what you see, and then we'll look together in a different place. Because at that point, if you're being sought, you'll be where you are, and there'll be a way to look more. Yeah, I just love all that you just said. I, I really did. And I'll just end by saying it was really important for me to talk about, to call in and put it out there, regardless of pretty much knowing the first response I would get, because I have been wanting to be much more present in the practice going in. Um, I always think about it. Um, I I haven't been, so I've been, you know, doing the yearly retreats for years and plan on doing this one. And then I'm always struck by people who call in all the time. <laughs> I hear them call in. I really know their story, so to, well, to some degree. Anyway, the point being this, I get, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm thinking this is my start, that this, this call is my start to doing both things, you know, getting this amazing, you know, dialogue going and for me to be involved in the practice more more um, presently with phone calls. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's beautifully stated, right, uh, because it just uh-huh. answers your question further because the, uh-huh. the experience that you're longing for is the experience you're having because you're guided yes. by that experience that longing, mm. right? The guidance oh, wow. is always assisting us to mm. seek what the guidance is longing for, right? I, and I, so absolutely, yeah. Yeah. absolutely you want to participate in this pro- in life, life longing for itself, right? It's the joy of intelligence mm-hmm. longing for itself. It's coming home to the intelligence that animates all. All the veils fall and we greet ourselves, right? The homecoming process. <laughs> and so, yeah. Uh, so we might know that intellectually, but if we are, if what we want is to know that and live that experientially, we do engage mm-hmm. with the practice because all of us are right. doing that together. And all of us doing that together allows us to see the things that we don't see for ourselves if we did it by ourselves. And for so sure. that quality, that, you, that, that, uh, that insight that you want to participate, you want to be involved, you want to engage in the phone calls, that's the, that's the seeking. And what, you, what mm-hmm. you get when you do that is what is being sought. And, of course, the mind will say, <laughs> oh, well, that's not true. That's not what, there must be something outside of this process <laughs> that I'm going to get from the process. Mm. And we can't see that, right? And until that's reflected for us, which is what getting together as a Sangha does. It reflects yeah. where, where 
we can't see the process we're in, right? And because of that process, I can't see something that I intuitively know Mm. that has resonated for me always, that I already Uh know the answer to. Because somewhere, yeah, we already have the answer somewhere, and the practice is accessing it. The practice is a journey, a journey to it, to meet it. Because that phrase, what we are seeking is seeking us. I've always had the image of being met, like me Mm -hmm. going towards something and being met. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, precisely. That image of the chicken and the hen on either side of the of the egg, right? You peck on one side uh-huh. and peck on the other, and there is that resonance for so the magnet and the the iron uh, needle, uh-huh. and all of those mm-hmm. places of being drawn back to the truth of who and what we are. Mm. Yeah. Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you so very much. Thanks, Bree. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Bree. I love that conversation, Ashwini. And in the time, I'm going to bring on our next caller. Next caller, you are now live on the air. And would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Ashwini. This is Renee. Hey, Renee. Hi. Can you hear me okay? Mm-hmm. Yep. Good, good. Oh, great. I, it's great to talk to you. Um, I have been looking at living, li- living with life's guidance or following life's guidance in each moment. And mm-hmm. it's been wonderful um, and very loving in the sense that I don't have to think. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, li- I like that. If you're thinking, it's not loving, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, and it works really well, and I do, I do really well until something compelling happens, you know, or some really real content, as we say. Um, mm-hmm. And so... Sometimes in the work I do, I have to give bad, uh, not I should say, feedback to people that they don't necessarily like. And so I had to do that Friday, and it was some pretty pretty serious feedback. And life has been there with me the whole way. In the past, I would have been really devastated by it, like because the person got really upset. And and this time. I felt for the person, like a lot of empathy, but I didn't feel bad about it. Mm. You know, like mm-hmm. you did the wrong thing, you know, like a lot of disapproval or self-hatred about it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Is, that is such an interesting, so, so several things about that, right? Renee, we're practicing, you're practicing being, uh, in life, following life's guidance in every moment. And it's, it's doable, except when it's not, right? When there's some content that basically throws us off where the compelling co- nature of the content sort of overwhelms uh, the groove of listening to life and we just get, we just get 
pulled into the, uh, the, the gravitational force of the karma, right? And we act out of the identification. But the practice that right. you've been doing has actually paid off. There's a transformation that you notice in this particular realm of content where previously it would have been devastating to you. But you were able yeah. to actually stay with life through that process. And I project the, uh, that there is, it, it's the ability to be in touch with the, the authenticity that is you, the compassion that is you, that can understand what would happen to someone who gets identified, right? Yeah. From receiving well, information in that, that they didn't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that important place where we don't lose connection to love, right? We don't move into the identification. Mm. And right. we don't act from the identification. Because I project that, I don't know this, I'm projecting here, it may not be the same for you, but we know what it's like to get, back, get, get feedback or be criticized mm-hmm. because we live with criticism all the time. So the last right. place we want to do, what we want to do is to inflict that criticism on someone else and have them have the same experience that we don't want right. to have. Right, and exactly. so, you know, we, we start to go to that place of I can control someone else's experience by controlling myself. But that does, that's not helpful in a mm-hmm. situation where it's important for information to be impersonal. Because I'm not saying anything mm-hmm. about you. I'm saying something about this organization and what it needs in terms of behavior for alignment. It's, it's mm-hmm. as impersonal mm-hmm. as that. And so if you sign up for this role, it has these expectations, and you either mm-hmm. meet or do not meet those expectations. And it's my job to tell you that. And it's your right. job to be open to listening to it. If we all operated yeah, from that true. perspective, it would all be easy. But because egos are involved, you feel mm-hmm. bad giving the information, and then therefore you can't play your role. And the person who's receiving the information forgets that they're playing a role, and they're agree- the agreements that govern our interactions, and then it just is a, is a mess of feeling bad. Yeah, exactly. Why well, you described it really well. Yes. Yeah, and the other piece of it, um, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say I was able to listen to the person and what they were saying and be there with them mm-hmm. um, it, no matter how upset they were. And I didn't get real upset. I just tried to, or I didn't try. I just was, like, listening and mm-hmm. saying, I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and at times that isn't the same perspective I have. Sometimes I would say that, you know, so mm-hmm. it was very different, just really, really different <laughs> and, and it's wonderful very different because I wasn't getting identified. Yeah, that's right. That's it. That is the key statement, right? That if we can facilitate, which, which is another way of saying if we can keep ego out of the equation, then things become really clarified, right? Because two things, right? Yeah. If, I'm, if I can be with myself when I'm upset, then I can be with anybody mm-hmm. else if they're upset. Because I know what that is. It's not something to yeah. avoid, to be frightened of, to, to feel distracted, to feel like you can't handle, right? Upset is upset. People yeah. get upset. Yeah. And so it's only when I can't be with those feelings in me that I find it impossible to be with those feelings mm, in someone else. That's a great point. 
Right? Well, and that's so our a great practice point. Is, yeah. Well, two-handed recording is whatever's going oh, on right. for me in, in loving, safe space, I could be with that. And mm-hmm. as a co- consequence of which, I can provide that safe, compassionate place for anyone else to have their experience. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't bleed into the other place of just because, you know, it's a, it's, everybody has this conditioned notion that being nice is a letting ego, ego do whatever ego does, right, in the other person right. or in me. That love seems mm-hmm. to mean that we've just got to be in this gooey, nice place with each other. But that place right. of compassion that you're talking about, that center can be completely empathetic and compassionate and hold uh, your, your, your other person's experience without and be completely able to be in the role that you're in and deliver the information. Yep, yep, exactly. And I, just real quick, just the point you made about being with yourself over the last um, three months, I've stepped up the recording and listening practice with the two-handed recording. So I'm guessing that's a really direct influence over this, a, like mm-hmm. really direct. Uh, reason why mm-hmm. this is happening this way. So just want to mm-hmm. put that in there. Yeah. 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 It's such a great gift to be able to process yeah. everything impersonally in conscious, compassionate awareness. Yeah, totally. Whoever's upset. Yes. Whoever's upset. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you. Thanks, Renee. Deep got show. You too. Bye bye. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Renee. What a great conversation, Ashwini. Just fabulous. Mm-hmm. I love that. That I can once I can be with myself in any situation, then it makes it much easier for me to be with other people, however they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Precisely. And that brings us to the end of the show. So thank you, Ashwini, and thank you, Sangha, and go happy. Go happy. Thank you, Michael. Thanks, Ashwini.